0: This is the SaaS Brand Strategy Show. My name is Ryan Copper and I am back this week as we are every week with my illustrious co-hosts, Mike Dracy and Dustin Robertson. Gentlemen, hello. Almost hello. every week. Almost every week. We say every week and we aim for every week and we hit mostly every week, but you know. Yes,
1: yes. Life Almost every week is good. <laughs> like, that totally has a way of messing with you <laughs> once we up. hire our executive assistant maybe that'll they'll keep us on or our project manager will be great but right now there's too many plates <laughs> spinning and yeah.
0: they'll keep us they'll keep us more honest on our schedule we'll just keep saying ep- every week. What
1: episode is this? this is like episode 27 or 28 so that's pretty good
0: Now more than that even i think we're third this will be 30 i think Oh, I think this episode be 30. 30. I, think okay. it, I think it is, but now, well, don't quote me. Now I'm, now, now have, my production brain is getting messed up.
2: <laughs> we have been doing it for about a year. So that would indicate that we're roughly almost every, every, every week.
0: week. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's perfectly <laughs> almost every week. I love that. I love that. Semi weekly. Semi weekly. Um, sure. Cool. Well, we are back this week uh, as we have been for the last few weeks. We're on a pretty good clip for the past few weeks. Uh, we're doing uh, a series, which we've never really done before, a series of mini episodes uh, to talk about B2B brands that won Can Lion Awards in the very first year ever of Can Lion Awards being awarded to B2B companies. And we're tying that back to what SaaS businesses can take away from. These award-winning campaigns and the businesses that are putting them forth. Um, Mike, do you want to give folks a quick primer if you haven't listened to the previous couple episodes, just on the Can Lion B two B and kind of where that yes, came from? And super and, fast. This is yeah. the.
1: First year that can line, which is the, what they always refer to it as the festival of creativity, which is supposed to be a celebration of creativity amongst the ad agency uh, world, um, a big gathering from uh, international and everybody um, it's, it's, it's like, this is when the ad agency pretends they're in the movie making business and they all, think they should be making movies. Um, there's a lot of ego in the creative world. And this is just a nice way for the industry to scratch the, to scratch that ego. And so moving on from that, that's a little commentary. Um, there are a lot of B2B companies. I shouldn't say a lot. There were notable B2B companies that started winning Can Lion awards within the general um, and so they decided to split it out and create its own category. Um, and it tracks, uh, it's essentially, what do they call it? Uh, the creative B2B lines, um, but it tracks, um, game changing creativity for products and services purchased by professionals on behalf of businesses. Um, and they're looking for, they're judged on a combination, a blend of short-term tactics and long-term brand building, which is something we discuss because B2B always lives in short-term tactics and we're always advocating to think more of the long-term brand building opportunity. But they judged these um, entrants on create creative idea, the strategy, the execution, and the results. So it's the whole pipeline of how an idea starts and how it actually is executed and the results it um, generated. And the results part is super key. They talk about effectiveness all the time. And there's a conversation amongst the industry, not in B2B, but there's a lot of, there used to be agencies that would just do a creative idea just to get into the awards, but the idea never actually made it into market. So now they're starting to pull
0: in this results side of things as well. Oh, that's interesting. They were just running sort of like draft campaigns to just to get the notoriety.
1: just ideas they'd put out there, and uh, they in the industry, you know, all you got to do is like put it out on a uh, on a YouTube channel, and then ping all the industry trade rags, Ad Week, and Ad Age, and News, and the industry would go nuts because it would be a great idea. But of course, it's an idea that the client would never approve to go to market, but it would win all these awards. So I'm I'm overstating for effect, but that's essentially what they're trying to correct for here.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, I think we talked about in the first episode that uh, I think is interesting is uh, they said business people are inundated with functional marketing. So a little creativity can go a long way. And I think um, the last couple of weeks, first week uh, of this little series, we talked about Dole. Last week, we talked about um, Spotify. And um, this week, we are talking about, uh, I think, definitely a little creativity here um, in this campaign. Uh, We're talking about Heineken. And a thing I posited last week, uh, which I think is true, which is true again, here is a lot of these companies that are winning these awards are technically, or maybe not technically more generally thought of as B2C companies, right? Heineken's going to sell me a beer, um, but they're doing sort of these side B2B things and they're applying some of those interesting creative B2B chop, excuse me, B2C chops to these B2B campaigns. Um, Heineken, should we dive into it? Everybody ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So Heineken uh, ran a campaign connected to uh, the pandemic, and I am going to go ahead and just play the audio for you so you know what we are talking about. Here is uh, the Heineken campaign can line winner uh, titled The Unwasted Beer.
1: Now, you can imagine the level of devastation there is across the
0: hospitality industry.
2: Bars and restaurants are being forced to throw out old beer, which is causing concern for sewage systems.
0: Our treatment plants could fail, could result in a fish kill, or it could result in prosecution. If you can't serve 19 million pints, what else do you do with it? If you can't serve pints, what do you do with it? Uh, to this Dropkick Murphys song. They're showing fertilizer.
1: We took in 5,000 tons of Heineken beer. We produced biogas from our
0: digester and harnessed this through our combined heat and power plant, enough to power 1,000 homes per day and heat a care home in the local community. We would never have thought that we were producing kegs of beer to feed animals and to create biogas. One of the byproducts from the beer, which is called digested, is a valuable, nutrient-rich fertilizer spread on local farmland. So they're showing animal feed, fertilizer, green gas production. Yeah, you can, tell, you
1: can fade out.
0: Yeah, you don't want to hear all of the Dracket <laughs> Murphys, Mike. I do, I do. I like the Dropkick Murphy. You haven't heard the song 19 million not times. Not since before.
1: Not since uh St. Patrick's Day, 40 yeah. times <laughs> at
0: the bar. Um all right, we can stop it there. It, the most the rest of it is just text on screen over uh the Dropkick Murphy's so we can we can keep moving. But um
1: <laughs> so just to, to
0: summarize, g- yeah. So to summarize, uh what Heineken did uh during the pandemic was Uh, they bought back kegs of beer that couldn't be sold in pubs because people were quarantined and unable to go sit around a bar together. Uh, And instead of the small businesses who had already purchased those kegs taking a loss on that beer that they would eventually either have to drink out of their personal stash or dump down the drain, Heineken thought, um, why not buy that beer back off of our accounts? pull it back into storage, and before it goes bad, let's see if we can turn this beer into something else um, that has a net positive impact and potentially an additional revenue stream. They uh, created animal fertilizers out of this undrank beer. They created um, some some bio uh, green gas product uh, for energy. Um, they created uh, fertilizer for for farmland. And talked about basically putting um eight million pounds worth of of dollars of dollars of money back into um into their accounts pockets by buying this beer off of them and then doing something positive about it. And then like I said, made made this campaign to kind of tell that story.
1: The unwasted yes. beer. The unwasted beer. Um hyper local campaign. It was Ireland only. Um, it was done out of Dublin. Um, and they got uh the subcategory this was in, which will bring a lot of this, make it obvious, is corporate purpose and social responsibility. Sure. So if you think greenwashing, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, you could if you build off of the green Heineken bottle, you can call it greenwashing. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. It, it, um they also mentioned in there that uh the competitors followed them. So once they figured out how to do this or there there was a way to uh recycle, I guess, the uh, unspent beer. Um yeah. they, they, they mentioned the competition followed. They do mention something about Guinness in there. I think Heineken might own Guinness. Um this was in Ireland, so I yeah, I thought it was weird that it was Heineken led, because you would think, yeah. Again, what's that concept yeah. general in the mind? But again, it's in Ireland, so who who might to comment on that? uh love the dropkick murphy soundtrack <laughs> also surprised that they're playing that in ireland but um seems cliche but uh yeah cool music oh, we- it was a cause oh. you know like cause marketing but the reality is it probably took way more energy to make the beer and then to convert it back into something you could reuse this is not a sustainable thing to do it, it solved a one-time problem and they want credit for it so they made a campaign around it <laughs> It's it's fun to watch. It's cool, but um, I think this is uh, not that innovative. And um, it it you know do the right thing and um, don't seek praise for it.
1: Yeah, and so I would to bring this into the SaaS B two B world. This is what we would call a lightning strike. And that it's something that is hyper local that can make a lot of noise uh, well beyond the boundaries of the market that you're operating in. Um, and, you know, the video, Ryan, that you were playing is likely what they submitted as part of their awards entry to summarize everybody'll generally do a video about you know here's what the campaign did blah 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 as part of their entry and i'm guessing that that's what that is yeah um, and you see at the end they talk about 37 million impressions so it's all about when we talk about results that's you right. know what they're starting to base it on it was like it's not they said they bought back 250,000 kegs from bars you know they did all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, it basically generated a lot of publicity for us, which is the effectiveness thing. Um, but from the, again, from the lightning strike side of things, small localized, hyper timely, in a way that everybody's like, Oh, that's rad. And then boom, you could it goes out across you know the rest of the world or some of the rest of the world. And then what we're always talking about as being a leader in a category is people follow you. They're like, oh, we got to do that too, because that's super rad. And that's kind of easy to do. And look at all the the positive vibes that it's generating
0: for the brand. Totally. Yeah. I think there definitely is like, I, I agree in general, Dustin, that there's definitely uh, a greenwashing component here. Uh, the, the tagline is when we couldn't serve beer, we served the planet, which is a little, <laughs> a little grandiose. Uh, if I might say like, it just feels like a little bit like a little little additional braggadocio uh put into that that whole concept, but i think um i think particularly if you think about the category, read the category for me one more time mike uh corporate purpose and social responsibility, yeah, and so like i think i think there's definitely something to be said for we we think we we have a responsibility as a business to not saddle all of our accounts with this beer, that's going to go to waste. So what are we going to do instead? And if you look at it from that perspective, the instead component being something that is a net positive, And to your point, Mike is also like getting some folks to follow and, and say, well, we should be responsible if they're being responsible or we're going to look irresponsible is, is I think, you know, that that all tracks more and makes more sense. If this was just an ad campaign they were running with this video, I'd feel a little bit like, Mm, this feels yeah. a little less. So
1: Ryan, you probably know this, the the micro brew um, tr- uh, craze is, or I wouldn't even call it a craze, just the culture is, is all over Minneapolis. It's one of yeah. the things I like about that city. But when you look at some of the hyper local micro breweries and how they actually do similar things to this where they'll take the waste and they'll share it with farms and then the farms use it for fertilizer or feed that comes back in another way into the beer. So there's a circular totally. component to this. I think this is maybe a way for Heineken to kind of be like, oh, wait, we can do that too at scale because it always seems to be at some of these more interesting uh, micro brew probs is that's part of their story. It's part of the experiences. Yeah. Yeah. We're brewing the beer, but look what we're doing with the, with the, uh, the waste from that brewing. We're sharing it across all these other things. Is that, does
0: that sound right? Absolutely. I think, yeah. there's like a there's a waste not want not mentality with those smaller businesses right like we we our margins aren't necessarily super high to begin with and for them to be successful a lot of them have rents in high places and so or high rents in in the locations that they're in and so i think like finding other ways to both be responsible, particularly in Minneapolis, we're a pretty green city and green friendly city. so be responsible environmentally, but also be responsible with you know your cash flow and, and finding other ways to sort of make uh, make ends continue to meet. Um, yeah. and so it's interesting like is Heineken then influenced by the micro brew industry or the craft brew industry to be like, oh, this is how they're being responsible with their production. you know we should do that on a more macro scale.
1: Yeah, totally. And to Dustin's point, just about the amount of resources that went into going back out and getting 250,000 kegs from bars and the reprocessing, like the energy that totally. went into that was, was huge. Totally, and they could have yeah. just you know, like given away. Everybody got a free keg of Heineken.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That would have been one way to do it here. You, all you got to do is come down to this, uh, come down pub, to this Go to your t- local t- pub and <laughs> claim your keg you get handed a, a uh you get handed a mask and a tap handle and they're like here you go totally <laughs> go figure it Free out beer. <laughs> yep heineken <is> sponsoring COVID 19. <laughs> hey, right,
2: right. I mean, but Bring. honestly that that would have probably been better for the environment to just give the beer to people to drink as opposed to spending all this energy to re remake it into something else so i guess the the lessons here is if you're going to do a cause-based marketing message make sure you've done your research that it's authentic and you there actually wasn't some lower impact way you could have solved the problem that you were solving yeah Um, because i I don't and maybe i'm totally wrong they didn't tell us like what they did but i mean i had to imagine they had to retrofit equipment and i mean just trucking the kegs back to the facility alone is um is enough energy waste that yeah and these you know ireland's super localized everybody has their local pub you know, I don't know how you give everybody a keg of beer.
0: But. Yeah. Well, I wonder too, you know, with some depending on who these accounts are that they got this beer back from, these could be pre-ordered like, hey, you know, we have distributors distributors that are like, you know, we, we already had this in the warehouse. And instead of, you know, instead of doing the last mile delivery to all of our individual on sale, you know, accounts, we're going to, yeah, we're going to so get it
2: back
1: we talked about Pina text in the first um, episode of yeah. the canned lion and they won silver lion in corporate purpose and social responsibility. And the unwasted mm. beer is a bronze winner. So, Got it. um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, just from like, if I take a step back, it feels like the, the Pina text one just has a, um, well, I guess this is inherent to the fact that the unwasted beer is COVID related, but like the Pinatex has a long-term problem with a long-term solution, right? They can continue making that vegan leather product forever. And that's inherently better for the environment to clean up that refuse. Whereas like purchased and undrank mm-hmm. beer is not going to be ideally an ongoing problem for Heineken. Well, that's,
1: Part of what makes this a great lightning strike is the timeliness yep. of it. It's like right. very acute. It's very now. And like, we're going to, and imagine the amount of resources they had to, to bring to bear to actually flip the switch on this and reverse the process of bringing beer back and then finding, um, uh, alternative uses for it. That was probably a, that was probably a, a, a pretty heavy lift, totally. um, but that's, they, I mean, they're getting, they got the visibility, they got fast followers, people that are like, oh, we need to do this too, because we're, you know, our reputation needs to do this. So yeah, it's effective. Did it, uh, you know, it, and again, like whenever I see like, we got 37 million impressions, it's like, well, w- why did you actually do it? Is that why you did it just for the publicity or did you do it right. for the, for a more holistic reason? Right. And I think you can make that case.
0: That you, yeah. Which case that it was both Mike?
1: Yeah, it was both. You could say, like, look, we got freaking. They said um, 250,000 kegs are going to be sitting around, 87 million pints of beer. It's like, it's going to go bad. Is there something we can do other than just dump it down the drain? Right. Well, and dump it down of our the drain accounts.
2: was illegal. They had the guy from the sewage plant say, you know, they would actually find them if they did that. So they couldn't yep. dump it down the drain. That wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ship it to
1: France. They don't care. Oh,
2: my <laughs> like. Oh my. I do not support that point of view tour de France is going on right now. Love oh, very. Oh, totally. No, that's my morning every day. Um, I'm just talking
1: about in terms of like, if you think about how the Irish treat the integrity of beer and beer drinking versus how the French do it's, it's pretty um,
2: fair. Cronenberg yeah. is not the best European beer. That's correct. <laughs> I think that's what the French, the French one's called. It. Yeah. It starts with the K it's not great. Um, but i think the other thing that this the box it misses is just paying off the point of view for Heineken and Bev mm. whoever owns them i think this beer conglomerate is the largest beer organization yeah. in the world i believe yeah. they own but they own Budweiser or it was Molson yeah. there's like Molson yeah. Coors and then there's whoever owns InBev. Budweiser for our american listeners which is all of them <laughs> <laughs> in, in
0: inbev owns budweiser
2: who owns heineken
0: uh I think it's it's Heineken. Mm. Okay. Heineken's publicly uh, traded as an independent company. Oh, there you go. And
2: they don't own Budweiser? Do they own Miller? Somebody owns like one of the I thought Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um the point of view their point of view on the world though isn't around alternative uses for beer. So this is like a one hit flash in the pan. It just doesn't like of the campaigns we talked about like doesn't make the customer the hero it kind of does because they they didn't charge them for beer they couldn't sell um but you know it it doesn't uh it doesn't tie back to their point of view in the world which is like we make amazing you know amazing brewed barley products and um that's yeah we're number one i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't it misses on that and maybe that wasn't the point but all the other ones have been able to check that box and go back to like hey Dole, we own pineapple and we have this amazing message around pineapple that is sustainable and is going to live on forever. And it's going to change the world. Right. Um, Spotify. You know, we have this amazing message around music and we did a campaign to highlight our advertisers Heineken. I mean, it's cool. Whatever. Yeah, well, and it says like
1: again, you go back to the criteria, connects with customers, improves brand health, and ultimately drives growth. I'm not sure how it drives growth unless you're looking at the the results of the publicity that the program generated.
0: Yeah, I have warm and fuzzies about Heineken as a brand now because I feel like they did something good for the environment and good for local businesses. So I'm gonna buy more beer. Yep. I one thing I I do think they could have done, and maybe this is a takeaway for SaaS businesses listening, is I think they if they if they had wanted to they could have made this more about like a macro sustainability trend inside of the business like mike you made a comment about greenwashing green glass like what if they what if they had gone this is the thing that happened here is the current event in the world we're going to do a lightning strike around that current event but we're going to tie that into like a a more significant like move as a business to be more sustainable be more you know this could have tied into all of their production practices, what they do with their grain, where they get things from. And like that, like now we're talking about something where I would feel like this was a more holistic thing. It was a more thoughtful thing. It is a more meaningful thing because it's about an ongoing like commitment to these types of things, not opportunistic because of what they had to deal with.
1: So the famous, whenever you're talking about CSR programs, um, what best practices kind of, encourage you to do is like, okay, we're going to do this. Then what? Like, if you can't answer the then what question in a way that's going to be continual and um, repeatable and scalable, then it just comes off as a stunt. And that doesn't actually do your brand that gets you into the greenwashing sector totally and and to be fair again like if they would embrace the green part of this they could have had some fun with it but it seems um it seems super super earnest and i think they did celebrate their customer a little bit not like actually the end customer but the way they featured the people that did end up using this repurposed beer um that makes them feel good it makes them feel like oh yeah heineken's making me look good so i think there's a little bit of that uh, that exists within this execution, but, you know, is it scalable? Is it repeatable? Um, can it be a, uh, to your point, Ryan is, can it be a demonstration project that we can use throughout the world, throughout yeah. all the brewing stations that we have around the world? Can we start incorporating this the same way that Pina Tex is doing it? Yeah.
0: And I think, I think, you know, with your brand, I think like, I think it's, I think another takeaway maybe is like, If it feels like it's more about you than it is about your customer or what you are trying to do, like you've probably lost the plot. And that I think is maybe what this smacks up a little bit for me is this feels more about Heineken than it feels about anything else. And that is going to, everyone's going to pick up on that, whether consciously or subconsciously. And so make sure that if you're doing something for good, to your point, Dustin, don't do it. For the eyes on the good that you're doing do it for the good and let that take on a life of its own if in fact it will take on a life of its own
2: yep yeah, don't submit for an award <laughs> but, they, but they they got one so. <laughs> they did they did they did
0: um anything else anything we missed mike
1: nope pretty straightforward cool <clears throat> sounds good lightning strike
0: um, lightning strike yes I do. I, I guess one last thing I will say is the timeliness component was crucial, and I think if if your business can take it away anything out of this is is if you can mobilize the resources around a current event and do something as a business that is meaningful around that current event, clearly that is the reason this worked and the reason that this was what it was was it took advantage of that current event. And they mobilize the resources to do a lightning strike related to that current event. If you take anything away from this, I would say, look for those opportunities in your market to seize those opportunities to, to, to do a lightning strike, to be different, to show um, what you give a shit about as a business. One little nugget, one little takeaway. Amen. All right. That's it for this mini sewed. This is our penultimate episode on the B2B can line awards this year. Uh, we've got one more final one next week and, uh, yeah, we'll be back to talk about that little teaser. We're talking about straw, a indestructible drinkware brand and the campaign they did. Um, we'll be back with that episode next week until then have a great week uh subscribe if you're not if this is your first time uh if you want to share the show with somebody who you think might appreciate it or learn something we would appreciate you you can learn more about what we do uh, at drmg.co or send us an email as always at hi at drmg.co mike dustin thank you very much for your time thanks ryan Appreciate it's you radical. as always. Radical. We will see y'all next week.